So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing the Season 5, Episode 2 of Love After Lockup. In this episode, we are introduced to Rick's roommate and Radine's parents. Taylor picks up a happy chance. Kayla waits without panties on for Martell. Kevin's ex tells us they hook up on the regular. And Indian Harry piss off his family with his burger run. If you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, Things are going pretty good. It's a Saturday for us. We got to sleep in, although I was battling my stupid DVR again. Right. Oh, man. It's always just such a pain, especially because apparently they extended the length of the show by a half hour now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not 100% confident I got to see the entire show. I think I did. But like I said, it's been a battle. So yeah, when it when it comes to yours, I'll let you I'll let you know if there's anything like uh you actually right. missed this other scene that yeah yeah okay well I'll kick us off with uh, Taylor and Chance. So Taylor gets a call from Chance saying that he's getting released. Taylor is dressing to impress because she's just really nervous and just really wants to make a good impression. She doesn't have enough time to prep the house for him, and she's hoping Chance doesn't judge her for it. It was such short notice that the production crew couldn't even make it out there, so Taylor is just doing the home video style. Taylor's wondering if they might be too different, but she's reassured by the thought that they could be like a yin and yang. Taylor thinks that maybe Chance has a good heart, that maybe Chance has a good heart, that he just got a little lost along the way. Chance uh, finally gets out, and he insists on kissing with tongue. He runs down his rap sheet for us and blames his trouble on his drug addiction. He cries when he talks about Taylor and says she's making him be a better man. He shows her his tattoo of her, which he says is growing a beard because he's getting a little hairy, and there just also happens to be a pimple on her nose. While Chance is trying to make out with her, Taylor realizes her car isn't starting. She sends Chance out to help fix the car battery. Taylor likes how Chance is just taking things in stride, and he just seems to be jovial in a good mood, even though they hit a bump in the road. All right, what was your first impression of uh, first impression of Chance? I mean, it, he sounded legit, right? He's definitely mm-hmm. talking the talk. Let's put it yes. that way. Um, so, I mean, definitely the crying. We well, no, we always like to do that thing. It's like, well. I knew they cared because they cried, but I mean, he did, he did seem to be at least emotionally invested. Yeah. I was going to say, usually we think that's ridiculous when we're like, oh, I know they love me because they cried. It's like, no, that's not what that means. But I I do think it really does say something that he's so overwhelmed with emotion when he talks about Taylor that it does make it seem genuine. Now, do I think he loves her just because he happened to shed a couple tears when he was like thinking about her? No, but it does make me feel like he does have genuine feelings there and they're, you know, he's just overwhelmed with the thought of her. Right. I mean, I always take, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. That's why I said he talks the talk, but yeah. I know he can talk the talk because we talked about this before and he said it this time, he literally robbed a bank by talking to someone and convincing them to just give him money out of the drawer. Like, so I know he's a good talker. I know he can get people to do what he wants um, and he, he can come across that way. 
Absolutely. So he says he blames and he had quite the rap sheet, not anything super major, but definitely a lot of, I guess, small, like none of them were violent, just smaller offenses. Mostly it seems like uh, money related stuff. Um, And I believe really, truly that it has to do with his drug uh, problem, because, I mean, if you think about what he was, you know, in prison for or what he got in trouble for, there were nonviolent crimes that mostly had to do with either drug or money, probably related to drug stuff. And so I absolutely believe that, you know, he was a victim of drug addiction like this is you know all the repercussions of that and so i I feel like as long as he stays clean okay and i will put that caveat on it i could see him being a pretty decent guy and a good partner to taylor yeah i mean and it definitely helps that i mean taylor kind of you know put her finger on this that things didn't go right Right. Because mm-hmm. the car broke down and they were desperately. But he was taking it in stride and being yes. like cool about it and not like getting angry or being like, well, this is just bullshit. I can't believe my first time out. And I have to right. sit here wait in this parking lot. Right. You know? Yeah. He was so like, I don't know, gracious about the whole thing. And we have seen people getting more foul moods over, you know, smaller things. And I mean, even on this show. I mean, yes. even on this episode. So, yeah, I, right. he made a very good impression on me, just his reaction to adversity, you know, like yes, the first exactly. thing that went did not go according to plan. He was just like, oh, it's fine. I'm so appreciative of the fact that I'm even free. Right, right. He was like, I'm getting wet, but I'm getting wet, not in prison. So good day. Awesome. Yeah, Fantastic. I'm Let's getting rained forward. on. No biggie. Yeah, it's better than getting rained on in prison. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely like that. So I think I also definitely started to pinpoint what it is about Taylor that doesn't strike me right that I don't like. And mm-hmm. it's that her laugh is annoying. Oh, yeah. Like, her laugh it. is definitely annoying. And she does it all the time. It's just like, oh, he's getting out of prison. <laughs> like, whoa, what was that? Stop that. Stop that right now. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. So I don't like listening to her. So I think that that's sure. definitely something that is is hurting me in terms of my Taylor appreciation for this, right. for this season so um, far. Yeah. As someone who does very often nervous laugh, I don't think I noticed it so much. But I do think it's just like a nervous laugh, right? I'm sure and it, and I'm so sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. It just so happens that her nervous laugh kind of sounds like an insane clown. So... I mean, bummer for her, but at the same time, it doesn't make me like her any less. It, it's, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to hear her laugh, but, you know, it's that it It's that it full is. mouth open. It's her face when she laughs, too, that bothers me. Yeah. Like, her mouth is, like, wide open. It's, like, not like a <laughs> kind of nervous laugh. Ooh, okay. <laughs> like, I know. Okay, if somebody said he, he, he when they nervous laugh, that would be fucking weird, too. But I don't know. I just think of less annoying nervous laughs that come up, and that's that's what throws me off. Yeah. All right, so let's go to. I only had two. I'm gonna save the. I'm gonna save the one that really pissed me off for second. So oh, Rick and Ray Dean first. <laughs> <laughs> so we find Rick in a lingerie shop, which is already a sign that the other one was really bad because lingerie shopping. We started here, and this was the less annoying one. Yeah. Um, he's trying to pick out some things for Ray Dean's from her list of necessities. So his friend and roommate Ramona is with him. Now, this is a new person. So we had – he says – he has like a list with all the sizes written down but doesn't seem to know what any of them mean. So he's definitely in over his head. And it's good that he brought Ramona for this. 
So Redeen gave him a list of things that she needed. She like, quick, you know, I need this, I need this, I need this. And she's only allowed to have five of each. But he was overwhelmed by the volume of things she said. So she wrote everything down. It's just plus on Rick's side, writing things down. Good idea. I know, right? <laughs> so the shop owner comes and tells them. And they he says, you know, she's going to be in the halfway house. We're mostly looking for practical things here. Ramona's idea is that Radine kind of came across a little bit on the trashy side. So she's picking out things accordingly. Ramona oh, is nervous about potentially having this woman roommate and thinks it's either going to be great or be a total disaster because they're going to butt heads. So Radine, Those are your only options anyway. <laughs> well, no, Stupid things could be okay. They never have any shades of gray for anything. They're like, uh, it might be mildly annoying, but I think it'll be fine. It's always like, it's either going to be the best situation ever or I'm going to want to murder them. There's nothing in between. And I was like, there's actually lots of in between that could happen. Oh so anyway, Dean calls them in their shop. So then they start talking about sex. And they're both, let's say, experienced uh, with sexuality, but haven't, you know, had sex with each other. Um, tentatively, they're talking about the big hotel room night when she gets out. So Dean thinks it must, it's pretty weird for and awkward to have, you know, another woman with you shopping for her underwear. But Rick feels like, yeah, he actually feels a lot less pervy um, in the lingerie store when there's another woman there and he's not just there by himself. So Redine is also nervous that she and Ramona aren't go- are going to bump heads. And Rick, to her, just kind of brushes the whole thing aside. So at the end, the total of the store comes to about $700, which is really probably more than he can afford. But, you know, put it on credit. So back at the house in a gender twist, Rick is washing the dishes and Ramona is playing PlayStation. So he leaves to go talk to Raydeen's dad, Ray, about the logistics of the release. When he gets there, Judy, Raydeen's stepmother, is there too. At this point, he jumps into this weird metaphor about prospectors mining her eyes for gold or something weird. It was weird. Anyway, productors ask Ray about the age difference at first, and he said he was bothered at first, but Rick only has proven himself, so he's all about that kid now. This meeting is also the first time that they hear that his roommate, Ramona, is female, and they're a little concerned about that, but Ray says at the end of the day he's ready to spoil Raydeen when she gets out, but he's concerned that Raydeen's addictions will come back to haunt her once she has more opportunity to, you know, get drugs on the outside. Uh, He also, he talks about getting drunk and how, in his experience, this can be a real trigger to going back to your drug of choice. Of course, Rick has some experience with this because he himself has struggled with heroin addiction. So, but all these tests and things and, you know, the things that are going to get to her in the real world is the reason why Ray is happy that Raydeen is coming to his house. Which confuses Rick because he thought that she clearly promised him that he was going to be at his house. So... Yeah, you know, this is already kind of a thing that he doesn't speak up yet, but is definitely an issue. Another issue is that, um, as Rick puts it, Ramona likes her vegetation, which means, means she's a big pothead, apparently. So later, Rick is sweeping the garage a few hours before the release. He's hoping to see um, – to kind of catch her on the transfer from the prison bus to the halfway house van and then follow the van to the halfway house and catch a glimpse of her again. So because she's going to be in the halfway house 60 days before she gets out. So Ramona thinks that, you know, her staying at Ray's would probably be a better idea so they can develop a relationship on the outside, you know, actually be boyfriend and girlfriend and not just move in together. So right before he leaves, he gets a call from Ray Dean, who is not apparently not going to get released today as planned because of a covert outbreak in her dorm in the prison. 
He reassures her that it'll be okay, but he really wishes that he got some notification beforehand. So he worries that the longer she's in prison, the more likely it is and the more time she'll have to do something stupid and catch another charge. He's frustrated and kind of tells the crew to stop filming and then you know, speeds off on his bike because he needs some wind. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, let's talk about the new characters, you know, Ray and Ramona. I mean, we have yeah. Ray, Ramona and, you know, the Judy, Judy, the stepmother. Yes. So, I mean, who, who do we like so far of the new characters in this one, at least? Uh, I feel like Ray Dean, or sorry, Ramona seems fun, but I also feel like she is, I don't know, almost like there's going to be conflict there, right? right? I can already kind of foresee there's going to be conflict. And not necessarily because she has a thing for Rick or, you know, but it's more like, well, I live here, too. You can't just, you know, tell me what to do. And I can see Radim kind of being like, well, this is Rick's place and I'm Rick's woman. Therefore, I should be able to get my way. So I can kind of see that being an issue. Um, Ray, I thought was interesting. I, I liked that he had such a friendly relationship with Rick. Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably because they're basically peers. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, I just also kind of find it funny that, you know, dude's in a wheelchair, but he's the one threatening to kill Rick. So it's just like, it's symbolic, right? It doesn't take, well, I mean, that's what weapons are were invented right. for. Like, <laughs> but I mean, it's funny, though, because he definitely still is at least a little bit older because he's like that kid. Yes. You know, that kid. I, I trust that kid. Those crazy um, kids. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a bit of that. I mean, I, I, I did like. Ray, I mean, but that's the, except for maybe the fact that he named his daughter Ray Dean. Yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually, Rick is starting to grow on me a little bit. He's sure. like a likable dude. The only thing that I don't really like about him is that it just seems so predatory to me that, you know, he met her when he was 40 and she was 19. 19 to me, that's just yeah. like, Oh, you know, it just seems like I don't know. And I don't know if he knew that she was on drugs back then, but it just seems to me very predatory. And if he did know she was on drugs, that to me just makes it much worse. Yeah. I don't know if he was trying to do like savior complex because it does kind of seem like he is a little bit now like I have experience with drugs. I know exactly what she's going through. I can keep her on the straight and narrow like. You know, I'm going to help keep her clean and, you know, be a good influence on her. So I don't know if he thought that back then, if he knew. That right. to me makes it even more creepy. But as a, just a person, he's pretty funny, likable. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, I don't like when he – the thing that puts me off about him is it does seem a bit posery when he mm -hmm. does a lot of his bike stuff. I'm just a, I'm just a biking man or like that. That part is like, all right. like but, but Got to catch some wind. Yeah, is it is it one of those things that makes me like roll my eyes and be like, okay, Rick, sure, get your win, bike yeah, a guy. He's or just trying it, to stay on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he definitely has a personal brand. Like, and because it's right. one thing if like if I like the person enough, then that's just an aspect of their personality where I roll my eyes and go, all right, Rick, sure, and then or otherwise it's like this guy's annoying and he's totally fake if I don't yeah. like them otherwise, right? Yeah. But I mean, I definitely agree with Ramona. I just think Ramona is. She's very comfortable right now with where yes. her life is at and how things are. And mm -hmm. this is just 
a disruption to that. And she's yes. like, I don't like that disruption. I like what I like smoking my weed and playing PlayStation all day. I'm enjoying yeah. this very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I, you know, and it's funny because Rick's like, oh, I think she might have a bit of a crush on me. And I'm not saying that she doesn't, but Ramona just doesn't seem like the kind of person to like pursue or to really get jealous. At least at this point, doesn't seem like that. So oh, I don't sure. think he really has to worry about that aspect kind of playing out um the other thing that i really liked about rick was he just seemed to kind of be just a chill dude right when he got the bad news of you know ray d not being able to come out like he didn't make a big deal out out of it especially to her and that's exactly right he was upset and that's why he had to catch wind but you know, like he just was like, oh, it's fine. Like, it'll be fine. Like, we'll figure it out. And he was very like comforting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, no worries. Like, he, yes, he definitely was trying to calm her, even though he internally was super frustrated, like, and right. super annoyed. Um, and yeah, yeah and I, the catch wind is fine. I mean, it's like a, not my thing, but like, how many people would be like, I got to go for a walk? Like, that's, yeah. that's, he just rides a bike instead of going, going for a walk. Like, it right. makes, it makes a lot of sense. In terms of being frustrated, but also not taking that frustration out on her. Right. Or or even or showing like, her. Or showing her. Right? She's because she's probably freaking out too. Yeah, because he totally could have been, you know, frustrated at the prison, but in her direction, at her. Well, I can't believe they did this. How could they possibly think? And that doesn't help her, right? Him right. getting agitated and like also getting upset, especially when he said she has a temper problem. And yeah. like so if oh, something gosh, like this yeah. happens, then he's worried that she's going to take her temper temper out on somebody else. And well, so yeah. him uh, contributing that is not is not great. So, yeah, so far, yeah, minus the fact that, yeah, potentially this 40 year old guy was hooking up with a wanted to get together or with trying a ni- to. trying yeah. to get together with a 19 year old addict. Yeah. If you yeah. take that out of the picture. Yeah. If you take that out, you're like, oh, he's a decent guy. But <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of people who did not have such great reactions when they find out that the release is delayed was Kevin. So Kevin Tiffany. Mm -hmm. So Kevin's hanging out with his guy friends at a bar when Kayla pops up. Kayla, remember, is his ex-girlfriend that Kevin is trying to avoid, question mark? Mm, We find out maybe not so much. (laughs) Maybe his his method of avoiding things involves... Putting his penis in them. So it's maybe not the best idea in the world. No, no. (laughs) So uh, their friends are convinced she has a tracker on his phone because she always seems to coincidentally be wherever they are. Kevin thinks that she's just tight with a lot of bartenders who are their uh, her spies and let her know when they see him. But then we also see that Kevin, idiot, is easily found because he just posts everything on social media. Kevin tells her he wants to keep his distance because he wants to just be friends with her. Kayla says that they just had sex on Sunday, like a lot. And it's a standing Sunday thing where they just watch their shows together, have sex, and then Kevin spends the night. She's confused why things seem good on Sunday. Then she doesn't hear from him for like a week. She aggressively gets in his face, asking if he doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. And he says no. She's not convinced they can stay just friends, and ultimately, she doesn't want to move on because she's still in love with him. She repeatedly asks him who he's seeing because he refuses to answer. Kayla threatens to keep popping up on him if he doesn't answer her, and he just walks away. 
Kevin isn't planning on telling Kayla about Tiffany, and he leaves a crying Kayla. Later, Kevin calls the prison early in the morning uh, of Tiffany's release. His plan is to pick her up and see her for a minute before driving her to the halfway house. Kevin calls again on his way uh, to the prison just to find out if she's been released, and they tell him that she is not getting released today. He asks a lot of questions, and all he's really getting is that she doesn't have a new date and there's some kind of disciplinary action. Kevin is persistent trying to get answers, calling everyone and, you know, talking to the same people a couple times. They're getting annoyed with him and he's just not getting anything. He finally checks the website and sees another date listed for 2025. He hopes it's just a mistake, but we really don't have any more details. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Okay, why do you think Kevin is lying to us about his relationship with Kayla? Yeah, I don't know, because... Yeah, that's immediately what I thought of when she said this thing is like, you know, and I'll put, you know, not to get two personal things out there, but you and I are both seeing people right now. Right. And I don't know about you, but that Sunday routine of watch some shows, do some stuff, sleep over (laughs) sounds pretty familiar to me. Yes. That's that's like uh, the cadence of a relationship, Kevin. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) Just... Yeah, every Sunday we have a standing date where we, you know, watch some shows and then fool around and go to sleep. And it's like that. Yeah, that's what relationships are. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what like this is for in your, some people, somebody in their late 30s like he is, right? Yes. And so I don't know, but because he, he's lying to everybody. Like he's right. lying to her. He's lying to us. Lying um, to Tiffany. Lying to Tiffany. And so because like, to her, that, that was the most frustrating thing to me. It's like she is clearly has many, many issues. Right. Yes. And we'll get to, we'll get to her issues. But the thing she has issues with, she's not wrong. Like she's no. like, I know you're seeing somebody else. Just tell me who it is. And he was like, yeah. I already told you about everything. I told you how I feel. And it's like, but we know that he's not. He's lying to her. Yeah. She knows he's lying to her. And she's like, yeah. but you didn't tell me that. She's like, I don't know why I have to explain anything else. I already told you. And she's like, because what you told me was a lie. And we all know it's a lie. That's yeah. why you have to. That's why you have to come up with a different answer. Right. Um, so, yeah, and, and yeah, I don't know who he's fooling too because he knows Kayla's on – He that's the frustrating part too about it is that sure, he's lying and he's lying to everybody. But the lie where you're like, you know I'm going to find out it's a lie in like two seconds when I talk to her, right? You know right. this. And so I don't understand why he thinks he can get away with it, why he thinks we'll believe it um, because it doesn't make sense. It, it, it just, But he also lies to us about that whole thing too. Oh, I don't know how she knows where I am. She just always pops up at it. Like, no, you yeah. know how she knows. And you know you probably put the stuff on social media hoping that she'll pop by. Right. I Yeah, I definitely feel like he's playing us a little bit. Like, I think he likes the narrative. Like, his crazy ex-girlfriend who's so obsessed with him because he's such a desirable person. You know, right. I think he likes that narrative. Um, he likes making her look like the crazy one. And, I mean, she... She definitely helps him in this, like, you know, situation, like rolling up off production, like yelling and, you know, demanding that he come out. So, I mean, for her part, she does play the role pretty well, but it's it's so not fair to put that on her when behind the scenes he is, you know, playing it up and lying to her. And, you know, I understand where she's coming from. And I really, really dislike Kevin because I feel like he's trying to be the player, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it seem like, 
I don't know why she just keeps hanging around. Like, I have given her nothing to lead her on. I keep trying to tell her, you know, we're just trying to be friends. Oh, you don't sleep with your friends? Well, I, <laughs> right. you know, was I was just telling her that, you know, like, we could just be friends. And then she's just like friends with benefits. And I just, yeah, I feel so bad for her because she is so clearly like, just, I don't want to say really in love with him, but she's just so attached she's, to him. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part that bothers me about her is at some point she's been like, you've been doing this. You've been tricking me along and dragging me along for six I know. years. Walk and it's away. like, okay, that means it's time to cut her, to cut him off. Yeah. Like, you should know that because he's not going to get any better and he's not going to change. But like, to me, that's, that's a dead giveaway too, is that whole thing like, oh, we're just trying to be friends. But there's no, there's no reason she needs to know about my girlfriend. There's no reason she needs to know about Tiffany. Right. And I was like, well, how good of friends are you with someone when you're like, not just I thought to brought it up. I didn't think to bring it up. I didn't think it was a big deal. But like to actively know, yeah, most people think I should tell her about this, but I'm going to purposely keep it a secret. I'm going to yeah. keep my significant other from them. Then like, no, you're not in the friendship zone here. You're in some right. other zone, which might not be a full-blown relationship, but it's definitely a – I'd like to keep this as an option. Well, I think that he would defend himself and say that he is thinking of everybody's safety because clearly Clay Kayla has gone off the rails and keyed people's cars and threatened people physically. So I know he would play that card and say, oh, well, I'm just not going to tell her because, you know, it's going to cause all this drama and I don't need to involve everyone in it. But I I, I think that's what he would say but i i'm with you 100 percent. he's only doing it because he's trying not to ruin his situation with kayla yeah which that's, is sad because he's just using her she's just a placeholder oh yeah he she's she is definitely a well i couldn't find anybody else to sleep with me next week so this week so kayla it is like yep. like and so yeah she's just she's being used i mean but it is hard to take the person of the person who – the side of the person who keys cars and does – like that to me is a dead giveaway. You have to know you're in a bad place when you're just like, I think I'll just go by and pop in on them and pretend like I'm just meeting some friends here. Like uh, you have to – you have to know that's like – you're 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 entering crazy territory there. Right. You have to no know that, right? No one believed that she was meeting friends there. Even the way she said it, she was. He's like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "Oh, I'm um, just uh, I'm gonna meet some friends." <laughs> it's like not convincing at all. Right. But I'm saying, but he also didn't give the impression that he thought it was like, uh, uh, you know, something unacceptable to do. Right. Because. Right? I mean, yes, I definitely would be like if my if I was hanging around and I was with even the the guys or with with anybody and my ex popped up once, I'd be like, oh, weird. What an awkward coincidence. Once it happened twice, it would be like, seriously, why are you here? This is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you didn't just randomly meet me up twice. Like, we're going to talk about this now. Like, like not like a it wasn't like, oh, what are you doing here? Instead of like, what the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? Seriously. Well, yeah, because she pops up to have confrontations with him. And I mean, that's what he's uh, the other thing is he's like, well, anytime I haven't seen her for a while, she pops up. So it's clear that she's popping up because she's like trying to get answers because she's like, where'd this dude go? I can't get a hold of him. Yeah. Well, he also he also doesn't talk to her and doesn't text her back either. Like. 
And so and, and but is still trying to keep her around. That's the biggest that's the biggest foul here is like, yeah, why are you keeping her around, man? Yeah, definitely. All right. So now of all the infuriating people, somehow Kevin even gets topped, in my opinion. Yes, he does. That's with Indy and Harry. Yeah, I. OK, so this is the first time we've really seen Harry. Oh, boy. Yeah, just. Yeah. <sighs> He's very familiar to me. Yes. Um, I, no, I, yes. <laughs> I got that exactly. I was like, he is my most, uh, this is the most annoying student I have. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. In every mm-hmm. possible way. Yep. I was definitely triggered. I was like, oh God. I don't know. Yes. And you always get one. Every year, there's always one. You're lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get more? I'm sorry. But uh, no, no, no. I, I, yes, yes, there's more. But I'm, I'm just saying. And honestly, I'll, 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 we'll get to it there. But like, we'll probably get to it more when we discuss. For me, it's not even my students. It's the ones who are in the hallway that I have that are like making a huge amount of noise outside of my room. Like oh, sure. A half hour, an hour in a class. And this is the reaction. This is what I get from them when I'm like, guys, you got to go to class. You can't stay in the hallway. I get this. Yeah. Like this is these are the students that I, I have to deal with. Not even in my class, but in the hallways. Sure, sure. All right. So anyway, Indy and Harry are finally together in the same place. And although it's past midnight, time becomes a big issue here, by the way. They're both ready for a long night of getting busy. His family is back home with a home-cooked meal of food that he doesn't really like. Um, But Indy is hoping, you know, they're not going to be there for too long because she really wants to get down to it. Um, He's holding a grudge because he feels like his family was not supportive of him while he was in prison. And cooking him food he doesn't want is just kind of another sign of how they're not being supportive. With the Back with the family, Lydia is asking Eloisa, his mom, what she thinks of Indy. But Eloisa doesn't really think she has to think anything of Indy because Harry never sticks to one thing for too long. So she probably <laughs> won't be around. Um, so she – so to get him what he really wants, at this point we see Indy and Harry stop at a fast food place because he just wanted a chicken sandwich with, with, with um, tomatoes and bacon on that motherfucker. So we finally get the camera of him telling us his history. He says he has two felonies and he started getting in trouble way back at the age of five. Then we jump ahead and it's 2 a.m. And he got out at around midnight again. Yeah. And Harry is still running around to fast food places because he promised the boys at the halfway house he'd get them cheeseburgers. So at this point, the family has been waiting him for like two hours and they start calling being like, uh, where are you? We're hungry and tired. And Harry says, well, I just wanted to pick up burgers for my boys. And that's when his sister Carla calls him inconsiderate. And then once that – once the word inconsiderate comes up, it's just the top comes off and they start yelling at each other. <laughs> so he gets to the halfway house to deliver burgers and the rest of the family at that point just dips out. And they finally get – they finally do get back to the house after three. And so Lydia opens the door. She's like waiting on the couch for them and starts yelling at them again for being inconsiderate. To which Harry's response is basically like, you can't tell me what to do. Which misses the point, I think. But anyway, <laughs> this is not how Indy wanted things to go because at this point, he's just getting yelled at and drinking champagne straight out of the bottle outside and yelling how what? No one was there at the begin. No one was there at the begin. So why is everybody here now? So oh now Harry is walking around with his open container to cool off and Lydia is yelling about Indy instead of him because she's got to yell at somebody. But she is upset about the normal things people will be upset about, like – we had a plan for dinner and you just left everybody waiting. <laughs> and like if you wanted to do, do buy burgers for your people, could you just like let us know so we can dip out and not wait for two and a half hours for you? 
Um, but the whole thing makes Harry just super mad. He doesn't want to deal with this. He just wants – just makes him want to smoke weed, drink liquor and run away. But he can't just run away because Indy and Coco have no place to go. So again, Lindy comes out and is like, hey, maybe we could just apologize. But he doesn't want to because number one, he didn't do anything wrong. And oh, number God. two, he didn't do anything wrong. So he's not going to apologize. Indy is not used to such animosity between siblings. So they keep squabbling and then they come in and Indy packs up. They start packing up their stuff so they can, I don't know, spend the night in the car or something. All while telling Lydia, again, whose house he's currently living in. What I'm doing is none of your business. So on the car ride, Indy tries to gently explain Lydia's side or failing that her side, which is like, you know, from her perspective, it's like, seriously, you couldn't keep a lid on it for one night just for me and keep calm for one night. But, you know, she starts to cry and he tries to explain how his family is never supportive. And again, he considers that his family made him a home cooked meal for them, for him to be not being supportive. Okay. <laughs> so because they didn't make exactly what he wanted and, and they yelled at him when he took too long. So anyway, the end. they end up finding a hotel so they can stay for the night. But I don't know if it's going to be the night because the next morning they're clearly getting ready for the long haul at this hotel by bringing mm. groceries and stuff. So they said they liked sleeping in a bed together but the sex was less than desired because they just had to bang it out quietly in the bathroom because Nicole was around. God. Um, but even still, he still wants to hear about how great it was, how he has more than a 10 out of 10 because he breaks scales. He doesn't make scales. Ew. But soon Lydia calls and tells him that his parole officer just called her and now he's in some shit because he didn't call to check in and Lydia wasn't trying to lie to the officer and said, yeah, he didn't sleep here last night. So he calls the parole officer right away. It's 1234 and he was supposed to call before 10. He tells Harry that, you know, he's expected to be at Lydia's house now and since he already messed up. It's ankle monitor time. Oh, so I'll make no. sure you're not spending time with your pen pal. This phrasing is pretty disappointing to Indy um, because she doesn't like that, you know, this parole officer is going to try to keep them apart. But Harry says essentially, well, for the next 15 years, he can do that if he wants. All right. So question. How long does it take you to buy hamburgers for people? Uh, not two hours. <laughs> I feel like there's something else going on. And I wonder yeah. a little bit like how far away the halfway house was to uh, Lydia's place. It was. It seemed like it was probably a half hour. Yeah, which... I, I feel like there was a lot of back and forth. Like, I feel like they drove kind of close by to Lydia's house. That's when he was just like, oh, I, I don't really want to eat Mafongo, which, by the way, has bananas in it. So I'm not. A huge fan of that. Well, I couldn't but, tell it was bananas or plantains, but yes, yeah, something. Yes, yeah. plantains. To me, it's all one and the same. So, <laughs> but you know, like it's not a bad dish. I actually like it okay for not liking plantains. And like, who cares? Who's having their main meal at midnight anyway? Shouldn't you have eaten before? Like, yeah. I, I, who cares if you don't like it? Pick at it. It's like late. Well, okay. That that to me is already already stretching things. What well, is what eat what I want to eat? And I'm like. Tough shit, dude. Eat the food. Like, yeah, right. I, I, I am the opposite of a picky eater. So that that does have triggering effects for me. Too. Yeah. So I think they made their way kind of close to Lydia's house. And then that's when he realizes, oh, I don't want to, you know, eat this. Let's just go to a drive through. So they go to rallies. And then in the middle, I feel like that's when he decided, oh, <laughs> I always promised the guys that I would, you know, one day get them burgers. I don't think they were expecting it that day. I think it was just something that they had talked about. And yeah. so then he was just like, let's get them burgers. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
So I think they went to go get them burgers. They had to drive back to the halfway house, which is what, half an hour away? So right. if they go back where they came from, drop off the burgers, go back. I could kind of see, like, based on all that, how it may have taken a couple of hours. Yeah, if they're going back and forth because he's a dummy. Because yes. either of those things, I'm sure, I'm sure his bros wouldn't have been like, the hell, man, the hell, if he would have brought them cheeseburgers the next day. Right? Yeah. Especially because it's like two in the morning. Like, I don't know. They're probably okay. up. But... They're prob- okay. They're probably up and they're probably high. So they yeah. were like, dude, cheeseburgers. Bring us yeah, cheeseburgers. Yeah, bring us cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, he's probably texting them. And that was like literally the yes. plan on the fly. Yes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um. That just the timeline of that. He was super inconsiderate. Um. And then it's just like. His reaction to everything is, to me, what kind of triggered me. It's like, how could yeah. you not see what you did was not ideal, right? And right. You, I did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. It's like you you did something wrong because you planned this dinner in the first place. I didn't even want to have this dinner. It's just yes. like you need to communicate that in a calm way, not after the fact. Well, you and, know? and if you didn't want to have the dinner, that needs to be made clear beforehand not three hours after you were supposed to show up for the dinner right and only as an excuse why you did the things that you did right because that's what ends up being it's like well i didn't even want to have this dinner that's the reason why i did what i did you know it's like no which is not not a good reason for anything it's not a good reason like and that just it's horrifying to me because the idea that somebody's waiting on me just gives me incredible like anxiety. And the fact that, other, that. That, that he just is like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Like, and then is mad, well, they weren't supportive for me. It's like, they probably weren't supportive because you've probably been pulling shit like this since you were five. Yes, right? exactly. But I didn't like how he got really kind of scary when he walked off uh, from yeah. Lydia, you know? And it was just like, oh, Indy, do you see this side of him? This is scary. Like, Mm -hmm. you have seen him in person for not even a couple hours, and you know he's capable of this. I would run the hell away. Yeah. Yeah, like, especially that part where he started ranting about, like, the begin. The begin. Like, that was his voice changed. Like, his demeanor was totally different. But he just – but that's – and that's the thing is that's what his family has seen of him. Yeah. Right? His family has seen that side, and she hasn't. And – yeah, totally, totally scary. And it's yeah, just like it's scary because I can picture this man doing a violent kidnapping. Yeah, that guy. Yes, the yeah. vegan guy, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what I don't, it's like I, Indy can defend him and be like, oh, no, like that was just, you know, a matter of circumstance, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how do you not believe violent kidnapping after you saw him behave this way? Right, right. And it's just he just never thinks that there should be a consequence for any of his actions because he's mad at the parole officer too. Well, he's yeah. going to put me on an ankle monitor now. And in his mind, he's like, he's going to put me on an ankle monitor for no reason. There's no, There was no reason, right? And that's right. the same thing. And that's where that's what gets me about like the Hallwalker kids, right? If that's what I always get is I get, hey, guys, you got to get out of the hall and then get completely ignored. And then, yep. guys, seriously, I need you to get class. And they get completely ignored. And then it's and then I have to yell at them, and they're like, "Why are you yelling at me for nothing? Why are you, I don't like the way you're talking I to do? me. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even do anything wrong, right? And that that's what I get all the time. And so, yeah, that's that's the trigger point that I got from him. So he just infuriated me. Oh what yes, fu- because this is the kind of person who does not 
respect. And I mean, you know, it's you don't have to like authority. No one likes being told what to do. But you no, have to no, no, no. you have to respect the process if you're going to live in society. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I always try to get through. I'm hope for most of the kids that are because I'm usually talking about 16, 14 to yeah. 16 year olds. Right. They'll figure it out. Right. They'll mm-hmm. get it eventually. They're just annoying right now. But he's grown up like and I know he went to prison earlier, but it's like, you know, that's the explanation. Everybody is going to have to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah. Right. Everybody. That's life. That's just life. And. If you're, if you know, if you kind of are decent at it, follow the rules. Yeah, I have to get up earlier than I would prefer to go to my job. I don't have to wear an ankle monitor because eventually right. someone's going to make you do what you don't want to do one way or another. And the more you don't do it, the more it just becomes like more and more onerous on you that you're going to have to follow this. Yeah. Indy is just effed in the situation, right? Like, yeah. essentially, Lydia's not putting up with the shit. And quite honestly, Harry's not going to stick around to put up with the shit. No. They no. cannot afford to stay in hotels. Like, no, they cannot. I mean, Indy's already said, well, I've got to find a job. Like, it's going to take a couple months. It's like, Indy, this is who you're dealing with. Like, this is a terrible situation. Like, you're just effed. You and yeah. your child are going to be out on the streets. And at what right. point is she going to be like, this isn't worth it. I need to protect my daughter. She's not. Right. I mean, because that's her spiritual just, husband. Yeah. I mean, that's just, why the pen pal thing pissed her off. Yeah. Spiritual husband. Yeah. I mean, it is just comes down to that because Lydia was already at like eight out of ten frustrated with yeah. with him. Right. She's like, I'm not, I can't give him any more slack because I've given him so much slack for my whole life. Right. And yeah, the fact that he came home three hours late and then was mad at her. Mm-hmm. Like, was like, I can't take this. This is, you see what I have to put up with? And it was like, you're the one who just skipped out on him for three hours randomly. Yeah. So you could go give your bros cheeseburgers. Right. Like, and so that's it. Now, what's funny, though, is you said it already, is, you know, you wrote down, oh, they stopped at rallies. I totally wrote down that they stopped at checkers because that's what they are here. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, isn't that the same? They are. They're the same company, but in certain, like the East Coast, they're called checkers, and on the West Coast, they're called rallies. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, for here, I think I've even heard advertisements where they call it rallies checkers. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that doesn't sound all that foreign to me. All right. Uh, last couple we have is, oh, Martell and Kayla. Kayla is dressed in her finest whites, waiting at the bus stop for her man, Martell. Kayla reminds us that she wants to get married as soon as possible. She's envisioning a wedding by the beach and a long train to dress and a red velvet cake. Kayla also reminds us that she needs a couple carrots in her ring to be happy. Kayla is tired of waiting. Her feet are hurting because of her high strappy heels. So she sits on a rail, which is uncomfortable because she doesn't have panties on. Two hours later, a white van finally rolls up and Martel gets out. Kayla walks over to greet him as they embrace for a long time and kiss. Kayla thinks he smells good, like a whole entree. Martel tells us that he was drug dealing from 12 to 24 when he was incarcerated. He claims that he was racially profiled and pulled over and the drug sniffing dogs found all the drugs. Martel claims he has no real reason for being a criminal because he says his family is actually pretty wealthy. Martell is impressed that Kayla waited for him for 13 years, and he is appreciative since he says most women can't even wait a few months. Well, maybe not Kayla, because she (laughs) then tells us that the last time she had sex was a little over a year ago. 
Kayla rationalizes that Martel would be more upset if he actually found out. And if anything, Martel should be thankful that the other man made her a better lover. Kayla, Kayla is ovulating, so she's going to let the world decide what happens next. They promptly kick production out of their room so they can have sex before they have to drive to the halfway house. All right, so <sighs> Kayla ovulating. Why are they actively trying to have kids? That's why is this part of me. the plan? Why is this part of the plan? You don't have a place to like live, right? You don't have anything figured out yet. And uh, granted, I always get that. Like, I definitely have known people who you can't wait until the time is perfect to have kids because the time is never perfect to have right. kids. There's That's always true. there's always a reason. There's always a reason. Yeah. However, um, he still he got out of prison ten hours ago. It yeah. Is definitely seems like. Maybe let's wait like a month or two to see how things are going before okay. we jump on to getting pregnant now. So here's an angle I just didn't even think about until this episode because Martel tells us my family's wealthy. And I don't think we knew that before. Right. So right. the idea of getting this, as she puts it, you know, a 30, 30, 40,000 dollar engagement ring if his family is wealthy, as he says, and I don't know what that means to him, uh, but if his family has money and he has access to that, then maybe it's not so far-fetched that Kayla gets these nice things that she's demanding for, like, immediately, and maybe she's trying to have a trap baby. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Do we know – does he know she's ovulating? Does he know that that's the plan right now? <laughs> I know. That's to, a good uh, question. Is to have the, the – which is always like – I don't know. I don't get the, you know, talk about birth control. Like I would be like, I want to make sure that there was some birth control going on. Or she could be lying to him about that, right? Yeah. I don't I don't definitely don't get the the – you know, getting out of prison and having somebody and like, even if they're not telling you to get, oh, I want to get pregnant right away. If they're just like immediately like, oh, no, you don't have to use a condom. I'd be like, oh, I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious <laughs> right now. This is this is not good. I think with younger people, I can see it more of a thing because it's like not sexy to talk about birth control. Right. And I think right. it also prompts these conversations like, well, how serious are things if I'm going to, like, be more long-term on birth control? So, like, I think in my 20s, like, I didn't have conversations with people that I dated about that kind of thing, you know? And, like, I don't think I would – he's not in his 20s. What's that? He's not in his 20s, right? Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying I could see how that conversation's uncomfortable. I think in their particular situation, I do think it is – presumptuous but not uncommon for men just to think woman's got it handled she, just she's assume, figure out just her assume own, yeah she's just she's figured out her birth control thing that's not on me like it's not my body she'll figure it out you know no. i mean she's the one trying to not get pregnant so yeah that's not how it works though because if she does get no. pregnant you definitely have responsibilities right, right, right but but i think that like i said i think it is presumptuous of men to think that but i don't think it's all that uncommon for men to think that as well maybe maybe because yeah and, and you do mention them being younger and i was only with one person for my whole 20s yes. so so you don't have to worry like, about the whole like oh randomly unexpected unplanned pregnancy or having to prevent that 
Right, yeah. or having to prevent that or being like, so if we're going to do this, there are some like things we need to think <laughs> about long term. Like that wasn't – that didn't come up. But now right. that I'm like older and everything, I now I just feel like it's like, well, that's the conversation you have before. Right. Before so you're not – like yeah. when, you're, when you're doing it, it's, it's just – it's open. Yeah, you miss that middle time where people are like, mm, that's like kind of an unsexy <laughs> conversation. And then the older, more mature and wiser – People are like, no, this conversation needs to be had. We're not trying to accidentally ruin our lives here. Dude, yes. I – yeah. Well, because at this point, like the people who uh, – you know, when we're late 30s in the, into your 40s, at this point, people who don't have kids already are like, listen, I'm not yes. doing this. You like, have a very clear <laughs> idea whether you want to or don't want to. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Instead of letting the world decide if you're going right. to be a parent or not. Yeah. I mean – I, and I wasn't sure how I felt about – like it was definitely one of those things that I kind of want to let go. But I have my doubts about like, oh, we were racially profiled and we were pulled over and, and things. And I was like, I don't – I definitely don't want to say that doesn't happen because it does, mm-hmm. right? But it's definitely like I feel like you may not have been as good as hide, at hiding the fact that your car was full of crack and guns as you might have like, thought right. you were. <laughs> I always find that very interesting because, you know, I, I will say that – Sometimes people aren't aware of, you know, what they're kind of putting out there, right? So I have a friend who, you know, he had like some absurd number of DUIs and ended up, you know, getting in real big trouble for it. And I mean, after his like second or third DUI, he gets pulled over and he, and you know, he's having this conversation with me. He's like, I don't know why I'm always getting like targeted by the police. You know, I'm always getting pulled over, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, yes, because, and I was going to (laughs) say, while driving sober, this guy drove like such an asshole. Like, you know, mm. weaving in and out of cars, speeding, everything like that. He's like, I'm getting targeted by the police. It's like, yeah, because you drive like an asshole, you know? Right. So I'm not saying like they're not getting racially profiled or that doesn't happen. But, you know, how were they driving? Were, did they give them like an excuse to, you know? Right. Like he said, he said, oh, well, they pulled me over for speeding. And it was like, yeah. but we left it at there. If they pulled him over for doing, you know, 65 and a 55 or something like that. Yeah. If it was a 55 and it was like, what was your speeding ticket for? It was like, oh, it was for 120 in a a 50. It's like, okay, well, yeah, they're going to pull everybody over for that. That's not racially profiling. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. We will never know with that, though. Um, no, we did we, not we, hear we from Lacey and Antoine this week, and I co- quite honestly have completely forgotten their story. So. <laughs> oh, remember, she was the one. She was friends with the mom. and Oh, like, God. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's all you had to say. All right. So uh, who was your student of the week? I went with uh, Radine's dad, Ray. Okay. Um, like, he seemed to kind of have a realistic view of what's going on and what might happen and what the dangers are here. Um, and he, like I said, he did, didn't kind of, you know, took to Ray, seems to have her, took to Rick, I mean, seems to have her best interest at heart. He's just like, I don't know, I just liked hearing the guy talk. He was good on my TV. Yeah. Uh, my student of the week was Chance. I really liked how he, uh, you know, dealt with, you know, not so favorable things happening. He just seems like a pretty just well-rounded, just easygoing dude at this point. But we'll see, you know, like I said, I, I I like Taylor, too. But, you know, I feel like there's got to be a dumpster fire around the corner or there's, something. There's got to be something coming. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be something. All right. I feel like we're going to agree on Dunce this week. Oh, it's Harry. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I just It's just that whole, like, 
literally the entire thing could have been avoided when he came in and be like, oh, yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I got real excited and like I got distracted by all the things going on in prison. I should I should have given you a call and let you know I was going to be super late. Um, I'll try to do better. Like if he did that instead of just being like, I did nothing wrong. Why are you even trying to help me? Then it would have been all like, – he would have avoided literally everything. His life would be so much easier if he took like 3% of, of his time and thought about literally anybody besides himself. Yeah. Ugh. Just – yeah. Just the worst. All right. Uh, so uh, what about your life lesson? All right. If you're going to pick somebody else at prison, bring a book. No, I know, because right? You're gonna be waiting hours. I know, <laughs> it, almost it just, everyone. No one has been out the time that they thought they were gonna be out. Yeah, and it, it's just, that's just crazy to me about how we talk about Harry being inconsiderate. How inconsiderate the prison thing? Because at this yeah. point, the people who are getting out, these are the people you're like, we fixed you. You're done. You've made your amends to society. You were letting you out of prison. Also, we don't give a shit about you. Like yeah. you can, you can fucking wait for us. We don't care. Yeah, that yeah, that's pretty bad. Right, because how can you expect these people to be following rules if you're not going to follow rules? Yeah, yeah. And, like, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows. Nobody talks to anybody. They had, you know, Kevin, you know, tra- call on three different prisons and everybody being like, I don't know. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, basically, basically, that's it. Like, hey, I'm trying to find out what's going on with this person. And the prison's response is always like, oh, we don't give a shit. Right. We don't care what you want. Um, we're going to do our own thing. Yeah, that's true. Okay. My life lesson is directed at Kayla of Kayla and Kevin. You know, just because you're in love with someone doesn't mean that's a good reason to hold on to someone. Because right. clearly in this situation, like, you know, it's just a terrible situation for her and she doesn't want to let go because she's like but i'm in love with him and you hear this all the time i couldn't leave him because i'm in love with him it's like it it makes me so sad because being in love with someone i feel like sometimes even ourselves and it's hard right because it's yourself Mm -hmm. it's like those feelings betray you you know it doesn't mean it's the best thing for you it's not the best thing for her she needs to walk away no, it's definitely like, yeah, love is one of those necessary but not sufficient things right. for a relationship to actually go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll see Lacey and Antoine. Maybe my DVR won't cause me headaches again. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find out. Who knows? Out. Next week, bring us anything. All right. See everybody okay, then. Okay, until then. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.